Welcome to your Coach On Demand. I'm Dr. Greg Ketchum. I'm a psychologist, an executive coach, and a former radio talk show host. And in this interview series, I'll be speaking with some very inspirational people who have great ideas that will help you reach that next level of fulfillment in your work and in your life. Give a listen, and I think you'll be glad you did. My guest today, Kurt Dowdy, is the CEO of Interprofessional, which offers a catalog of leadership and professional development programs for individuals, teams, and organizations. Kurt, and by extension his company, are inspired by how to make online learning experiences as good or better than in-person workshops and how to improve individual and workplace well-being by showing leaders and professionals how to succeed in the human dimension of work. Welcome, Kurt, and thanks for being my guest today on Coach On Demand Podcast. Thanks, Dr. Greg. Good to be here. Excellent. Now, a major impact of the COVID-19 pandemic has been a change in how we work from all being together at our companies to a majority working from home to kind of a mixture of both of those things. Now, you're a leading advocate for a new model of how learning and training gets done in organizations due to these massive workplace changes. Over the years, you know, Kurt, many changes have impacted the way we work. So what's so different about now? Yeah, so let's talk about three trends that have clearly been accelerated by the pandemic experience. Okay. So number one, online platforms and services continue evolving, and it's making it easier and easier for a huge and ever-growing number of people to work and collaborate from anywhere, just like we're doing right now. And as a result, a lot of people are resisting going back to the office. Next, anyone who's previously presented any kind of teaching or training in person now, by default, has to do it online. So, and I'm really sorry to say the majority of what I've seen indicates that people are doing it poorly, and we have and continue to hear a strong backlash against bad online experiences. And I'm guessing your audience and you, Dr. Greg, have even experienced some of those. Well, without a doubt, and it seems to me nobody's really rethought this yet, except someone like you, Kurt. (laughs) Well, there are a few people, ourselves included, that are rethinking it. And we're understanding that the online experience is entirely different than the in-person experience. So then that brings us to the third trend, that when you do online right, a lot of organizations are starting to realize that it's downright cost-effective and significantly beneficial to scale online delivery to massive numbers of people. Okay, And thus, high-quality programs and the results they produce can be offered as opportunities for everyone across an organization. So where in the past, the majority of learning and development investment went toward management, now organizations are embracing what we call a development for all philosophy. So with all of these uh, remote work and online learning are really here to stay, and we're all going to continue to have more, and I hope better, online experiences going forward. Wow, that all sounds very interesting to me, especially that last point about kind of the democratization of uh, learning offerings within organizations. I mean, I've been a consultant for a long time, and it always hits that management level. And uh, my work has always been trying to see that cascade down the organization, but I haven't seen that happen yet. So I'm, I'm hopeful with what you're saying there, Kurt. We are too. And I think it's more cost-effective that, you know, you start grooming people early. 
you know, these kinds of experiences can have a ripple effect across the organization in a positive way. Right. Well, now, why is it important for our listeners to understand the future of organizational learning and how we can do remote learning better? Everybody listening probably by now has had one or more online experiences that were either painfully tedious or even a complete waste of time. So if you're a receiver of team learning, it's good to recommend to your management or your training department what's going to serve you better. And if you're a buyer of learning experiences, it's good to know how to pick out the best to choose from. And finally, if you're a presenter or a facilitator of organizational learning, now's really the best time to start tuning up your approach. Those all make sense. And there's this thing now, Kurt, called the Great Resignation. And what is it and how is it driving change in the future of work and in organizational learning and training. Yeah, so we just came out of 2021, which had a record average of 3.5 million people quitting their jobs per month. That's astounding. It is. And in November, we reached a new all-time record of 4.5 million. Wow. So the pandemic has disrupted our lives. A lot of people are recognizing that perhaps life is short. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. Is this setup meaningful for me? So researchers say that people are wanting to end or reduce their commutes. They're wanting to move to different locations, a place more amenable to raising a family. Uh, they want to have more independence with their work schedules. Right. But uh, there's another factor that I key in on is that almost all the surveys also indicate that employees leave because they don't like how they're being treated by their management or by their work cultures. And that's been true, I think, for a very long time. But what you're saying here about this great resignation is that it puts even more emphasis on doing online learning and training right. Yeah, and I think overall, the companies that are winning out are offering more flexibility. So leaders and organizations also need to take a look at their own management styles and the work environments they're creating. And if they're not examining how they're treating people or if the team members are not examining how they're treating each other, and if they haven't developed the skills to lead in a remote environment, then this high turnover rate is going to continue. I really think the future of work and team learning, for that matter, will be self-directed by the individual and tailored to people's lives rather than the other way around. Wow. See, now you're blowing my mind because I'm a child of the 60s, and it was all about the human potential movement. And I've long wanted to what I would call humanize the workplace and make it more about the people and providing an environment that's going to bring the best out of them rather than assigning them a desk and a laptop, and things to do. So this is very uh, exciting to me to hear what you're talking about. Yeah, and I think studies are showing that if we offer wellness and well-being in our workplaces, it shows up on the bottom line. We get to retain people. Those people are happier and more productive. That makes a lot of sense. Now, Kurt, conventional wisdom for for many years has been to invest heavily in technical uh, or and or subject matter skill development, but nowhere near as much in developing the so-called, and I hate this term, soft skills, such as communication, leadership, and people skills. Does that still hold true? And if not, what's the new wisdom on soft skills when it comes to learning? Yeah, I think, you know, vocational skills are still important, obviously, but 
those skills that authentically inspire and influence others are behavioral skills. And they don't necessarily come naturally for a lot of people, maybe most people. And they often seem daunting or difficult to develop. But I'm here to tell you the good news is today there's a ton of behavioral science that tells us these skills can be learned by anyone. And doing so has this dramatic, economically measurable result on workplace productivity and personal satisfaction. Yeah, and do you think that organizational leaders are getting that, Kurt? I think the most successful leaders, the teams and team members, those are the ones that adopt a growth mindset and consistently work on improving their own self-awareness and skills for relating to and collaborating with their colleagues. So, you know, like we're talking about, with high turnover rates, right now, more than ever, companies and professionals who are aspiring to get ahead need to invest in how to manage their own professional well-being. And in doing so, they also improve their influence. Yeah, They um, improve their ability to contribute to more effective teams and healthier cultures. This kind of training is, I think, the antidote for their great resignation and for that matter, for a lot of our societal woes. Uh, I'm with you on that. I, I, I find myself feeling a little bit envious about when I started in the work world, what it was like versus what it's like now. And the employers held all the cards, you know, telling us how long we could wear our hair, mm. you know, how we had to dress, all those things. And, and that's, uh, that's completely changed now, and I think well for the mm-hmm. better. I agree. Kurt, we've had the capability to do remote learning for some time now, so can't we just continue to do what we've been doing, i.e. get everybody together on a Zoom call? If not, why not? Oh, my gosh. There are so many people that are just taking the same format that they taught in an in-person setting and pushing it out on a web conferencing platform like Zoom. Yeah. So I have news for all of you that are doing that. You're torturing your audience. (laughs) And that's an exclusive, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here. So here's the thing. There's an entirely different psychology at play with an online learner looking at a screen. So for better or worse, the Internet has conditioned us for much shorter attention spans. Right. So in our approach, we have what we call three core pillars to the method. And so here's the first one. We concentrate on building a training experience around peer group communities. So when you attend a class in person, there's a social dimension. You meet and network with new people. You find someone there uh, that, that is there for the same reasons as you. You work together as practice partners and you sound off of each other. And um, we're coming ever closer to approximating this experience online. And the way we're doing it is using methods borrowed from social media. And studies show that we have much more satisfaction with the process. We engage more deeply and we retain more from learning when we're working together with study partners. You know, Kurt, that sounds so simple and so obvious But for some reason, I don't think it is in the world. (laughs) I don't think it's seen that way by a a vast majority. Yeah, so we have to think about those uh, peer group experiences first. And then if you're not a skilled entertainer, and if you're presenting on a topic for more than a few short minutes, you're seriously testing people's tolerance. A person looking at a screen is going to start multitasking. They'll check their email 
or just let a video play in the background while they go do something else around the house. So what we do is we concentrate on breaking up lecture content into bite size, two to four minute lesson topics, and we pre-record them. And these lesson topics are then interspersed with a short practice exercise here and there to reinforce the learning. And all of this kind of short subject, take it bite size at a time, plays into the internet attention span. And then there's there's one, there's a third pillar, and that is there is an appropriate use for Zoom or any type of web conferencing, but it's not for lectures. We use Zoom as a live classroom collaboration. So the instructor sets up a Zoom topic, which calls for the participants then to gather and apply the concepts in practice. And, you know, classmates will get divided into breakout sessions to practice and discuss. And, you know, we bring everybody back together in a larger cohort to interact and share their experiences and insights. And so I think those three pillars, these, these are the things to look for in online learning today. Right. Collaborative learning, uh, social interaction, bite-size, on-demand content that uh, you can take at home and on your own time. And then when you get together on Zoom, you come together to practice and not to sit through a lecture. You know, those all sound really positive to me. And, and what it made me think of, particularly that second step you're talking about, I'll bet you there's not a single person on this planet who uh, hasn't, for work purposes, been on a Zoom call or some video call and done something else at the same time, you know, whether it's uh, sorting through their bills or making a grocery list or whatever it might be. And it occurred to me, Kurt, that what you're doing is you're, you're promoting a kind of mindset where you're not fully present anywhere. You're not fully present in the Zoom call and you're not fully present in what you're doing and that, to me, seems to be like the worst of all possible worlds in terms of the mindset that you want to develop in people. Absolutely. And, you know, just like you and I are having a conversation right now, so our attention is really focused on our topic at hand, what we're talking about. So I hope you're not checking your email where we're talking. <laughs> I do that on the, on the side. I've got my phone over here. No, not, not, not really. Now, um, we always like to give our listeners three action steps they can take to try out the ideas we discuss. Kurt, what action steps do you have for our listeners today? So, first of all, if you're going to sign up for online training for yourself, or if you're going to recommend it for your team, be a little discriminating about what's out there and how it's to be presented. Ask for experiences that offer collaborative learning, bite-size, on-demand content, yeah. and direct interaction yeah. with an instructor. So number two, every organization out there that is experiencing turnover needs to take inventory of not only the vocational skills you and your colleagues want to develop, but also look at growing your behavioral skills. Yeah. So look at where you and your team are experiencing friction or frustration. There are lots of solutions that bring greater harmony to the workplace. And then finally, I'd say share this podcast with your colleagues. Become an advocate for these kinds of experiences with your leaders, with your HR department with your learning and development department. Those are really fine action steps, Kurt. And in, in particular, like the first one, because, you know, it, it just occurred to me as you were talking about that one that it may not occur to most people to question the kind of the methodology of how online learning happens because we, I think we may have become really used to just turning on the Zoom 
And that's the magic thing. I can see you. You can see me. Now we're on this Zoom call. This is what we do. So I think for people to even start to think, now what really makes an interaction online meaningful and successful for me is absolutely the very first question that people need to ask themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I thought that was a rather brilliant summation of of what you said, Kurt. (laughs) Don't you? I mean, yes, sir. That's, uh, <laughs> that's why you get paid the big bucks, Dr. Greg. <laughs> so we always like to get at a deeper lesson here. And the aspirational tagline for your company, Interprofessional, reads, quote, inspiring higher levels of conscious and authentic contribution, end of quote. That's very unique and inspirational, Kurt. Can you say a few words on how you came to that? Yeah, sure. I'll say it this way. I was once inspired by a mentor who told me, your life is magnificently blessed. If you can reach your goals or aspirations by authentically and compassionately telling your truth, holding space for others' truths, and avoiding playing games or practicing deception. So for me, it's a prescription that our world and our workplaces need now more than ever. And uh, thankfully, there are science-based practices that can be learned to help us all get there without disrespecting others. Wow. I love that. Thank you, Dr. Greg. We, uh, we hope to inspire others as well. Well, thank you for being my guest today, Kurt, on Coach On Demand Podcast. Thank you, Dr. Greg. Have a great day. I've been speaking with Kurt Dowdy, the CEO of Interprofessional, whose aspiration is to inspire higher levels of conscious and authentic contribution at work and in the world. And I'm totally with you on that, Kurt. Finally, if you're interested in checking out the online course offerings on Interprofessional or connecting with Kurt for a free consultation, go to talentplanet.com forward slash be here now and enter the code be here now. That's all one word to receive $100 off any of the interprofessional course offerings. Thanks for listening and be on the lookout for our next Coach On Demand podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed the show tonight as much as we enjoyed being here.